Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Whose Health Is It Anyway? with me, Elizabeth Mills. On this episode, we're continuing with speaking with someone who has alopecia. My guest is Robin. Robin would like to stay a little bit more anonymous, and I think that's great because I think it's important to highlight that not everybody is in the same place in their journey and not everyone is going to, you know, want to shout from the rooftops. They are in a different place and I respect that and I respect Robin and I think even the fact that she agreed to be on the podcast and talk about it is huge. I am so grateful to her for doing this. One big thing I picked up while I was talking to Robin is that you know, yeah, one, not everybody's in the same place when it comes to these things. Um, And that, you know, we kind of touched a little bit on wigs and how, you know, they can make people feel better, but how it really isn't covered. And if it is covered, it's a really big struggle. She does mention that in order for her to get a wig, she basically had to be diagnosed with cancer. And alopecia is very much seen as a cosmetic type thing. And as long as you're not dying, you're just not going to get covered for it. Now, I'm not an expert in the field, and I did do some research, but from what I found, it doesn't look like most people with alopecia are able to get wigs covered. If you have, that's fantastic. And if you know of any links or guidance for some people, maybe, who need some help, if you can post it somewhere um, that I can see it so I can post about it, because I would love to get more resources out there to people who do need coverage for wigs. And if a wig is going to make them feel better, that's amazing. I think mental health is really being overlooked here when it comes to people with alopecia. Mental health is a serious, serious issue. And I think it's obvious that alopecia can cause some serious mental health issues. We lose our identities. You know, we we have a really hard time. Not everybody is going to be able to just not wear a wig and walk around, etc. So I really think that alopecia diagnosis, you should be covered for a wig. I really, really do. And again, if anybody knows of any resources out there or knows the steps you can take to get a wig that I couldn't seem to find, please let me know so I can put it out there. I just quickly want to mention, you know, that not everybody has state-of-the-art recording (laughs) equipment and uh, mics, you know. So when talking to Robin, she was using a laptop and she was using the microphone on her laptop to record with. So the quality isn't the greatest, but you can still hear everything she's saying. What she's saying is important. Again, I am so grateful to her for putting herself out there. And I'm just so happy and and proud of Robin for telling her story. As always, everyone, thank you so much for your love and support. Till we meet again. Tonight, I'm speaking with Robin. And Robin, we met met through the... um, the CANF Facebook page, which is a, a Facebook page for people living with alopecia. And um, that's how we met through there. Do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Thanks, Robin. I'm in my early 40s. Mm-hmm. And I've had alopecia now for, yeah, for 40 years. 40. So, 40 years. So pretty much my whole life. And um, yeah, it's been, I, I hate it. I'm one of those people that uh, really hates it. I mm-hmm. haven't really been able to flow with it. So, mm-hmm. and, and you've had it since yeah. have, you've had it since about three, the age of three. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a long yeah. journey with it. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, yeah. I've heard some people say that getting it younger 
I mean, everybody's journey is different, but I had someone tell me that they were almost happy they got it younger because it, they adapted better. But obviously in this case, it doesn't sound like that's the way it is. No, um, because, it, because I had it young, um, my parents wanted to hide it. So they always did every, went to every single extent possible um, to hide it so that I wouldn't be embarrassed or made fun of because I was already a pretty shy kid. Mm-hmm. And that kind of didn't work well for me. It made me ashamed of myself thinking mm-hmm. I have a problem and I have to hide it. Mm-hmm. And right, I can't be who I really am, which is the flawed person whose hair falls out. I, just, mm-hmm. I have to hide that. And so my entire life, I've hidden it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some people I just said not comfortable coming out mm-hmm. do you think that and again like this has nothing against your parents obviously they did the best they could do you think though mm-hmm. if they had nurtured a sense in you that it was nor- more normal do you think that would have changed your outlook a little bit I think so yeah, yeah. I, I do think so I think if we if it wasn't such a hush hush oh gosh let's cover that up let's go to every doctor we can to get this fixed mm-hmm. so that you're not embarrassed Mm-hmm. Um, then I might not, especially at such a young age, mm-hmm. have thought it would be something to be that embarrassed about. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of built into me, I guess, to be embarrassed. Um, and, and I guess then too, it was um, things just weren't talked about as much, right? Like, and especially in terms of health, you know, people didn't really go to doctors or really express the things that they were going through. It was just a, a different time. I guess too. Right? Yeah, absolutely a different time. Mm-hmm. People didn't understand autoimmune back then at all. Mm-mm. For like my early treatments early on at the age of like, I'd say five to seven or eight, I went three times a week for um, head, like headlamp therapy, where I would go and they would put a heat lamp like a, that would burn my skull to grow the hair to irritate the skull so that's when they didn't think about skin cancer and things like that right yeah so they would actually burn the skin in hopes that it would like regenerate the hair or something is that the idea yes yeah wow and yeah (laughs) did it work do you think like did it help Um, like was there any improvement it it was kind of scientific at the time but there definitely was improvement right there's Mm -hmm. studies with vitamin d and alopecia and so maybe it stems from that and they also said like it burned a layer of skin so it confused the immune system somehow I like I don't really know how it worked but mm-hmm. sometimes it worked and do you know if they still do that I, I probably I'm guessing probably no, no. but yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's uh that's an interesting thing because yeah because I'd never heard of anything like that and so until I started talking to people um and they were mentioning like acid um acid being put on their scalps as well um oh yeah somebody uh their father had it um so he's now in his probably 60s or 70s but when he was young that's what they did they, they did acid on the scalp I mean it's <laughs> oh boy <laughs> the things they do <laughs> it's oh, crazy. yeah so were there any other treatments besides the the I guess the burning scalp treatment I mean yeah pretty intense um, but what other treatments did they I guess throw at you treatment um right after that we went to like um to like a, a cream which had a steroid in it which would thin the skin and really irritate the skin and it was very greasy cream 
Mm. So it was really difficult to hide your bald areas with hair over top. So it was thick. It was almost like Vaseline, like really thick. And um, it was it was horrible. It just felt like your head was burning all day when you had it on. And, and yes, that would kind of grow your hair, but it wasn't worth it as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after that, they went to right to the steroid injections. And Sorry. that was my like saving grace, I guess because from the age of say 10 on all the way until I turned 40, I had a full head of hair because of these steroid injections. Wow. Yeah. But I had a lot of steroid injections. And it's, it's, you're, you're probably one of the people I've talked to that it, it seems to have helped the most. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of the other people I've talked to, they said it was kind of just a, like it slowed down the process of the hair falling Mm -hmm. out, but it didn't necessarily, stimulate enough hair growth that they had a full set of hair again right and and that was kind of my experience as well because I did also have the steroid injections and I would go and like they so she even put it in the in the in my face so in my where my eyebrows were because I had lost my eyebrows so she was injecting me there as well and um it just wasn't I mean I think it just like slowed it down but it didn't stop it right so I got to a point after oh my goodness what like a year maybe and I just thought this is this isn't doing anything you know it was clear that I was just like delaying it but something was happening Mm -hmm. internally that was causing it and I needed to fix that right so there was a lot of like red lights went off I guess do you, (laughs) you feel at all and I always ask people this but I always like to say that like I have nothing against the medical field and all that but like our journeys are our journeys and unfortunately sometimes the medical system fails us a little bit do you feel at any point like they failed you a little in in some ways when it came to I guess I don't know treatment wise or um, finding answers that type of thing absolutely I feel like um, they only ever looked to treat my symptom which was hair loss Mm-hmm. and there's a lot going on your immune system is overreacting attacking your body parts and they no one not one specialist has ever looked into why that is happening and what can you do to slow down your immune system mm-hmm. to stop it why did it suddenly start attacking yourself like your parts um I also have hypothyroid and a lot of people who have alopecia have other autoimmune related diseases mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. And they continue to get them as they age. So I just wish initially that the focus wasn't on how do we grow their hair, right? Mm-hmm. Would be, and it was on how do we slow down this immune system from attacking. Right. right. Like get to the source, right? Absolutely. And, and fix it. Because, yeah, when you put it into perspective, like even five years of total hair loss, but then coming to a conclusion with a diagnosis and a treatment is so much more beneficial than, you know, the, the cover-ups to have the hair for so long, so long, so long, so long, but then no real answers come out of it, which seems to be a pattern as well <laughs> that I'm finding. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I agree. How has having alopecia affected you in terms of your mental health? Uh, I'm, I'm a strong person. I was raised to be strong, but yeah, I would say that is my weakness is mm-hmm. having alopecia. I think I could have 
I would have had a lot more self-confidence, especially in my teenage years, when you really need that. Um, and if I didn't have alopecia, I think I would have, my life would be different. I absolutely would have believed in myself much more when I was younger, and I would have been ashamed of myself. And I think I would have gone a little further in life. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm unhappy with where I am, but I think a lot of it has to do with how you feel about yourself in your high school years when you're transitioning into mm-hmm. an adult. Mm-hmm. A lot of it has comes down to confidence, and if you if you have alopecia or some big flaw, um, and you feel different, your self esteem is low, mm-hmm. and it affects everything. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's already so hard with just the the typical things that you go through, especially at that age, to add in now something like this to the mix, you know, is, it can yeah. be devastating for so many people. And did you, did you ever feel like that guilt of like, oh, okay, well, it's, it's only hair loss. Like it could be worse. Cause I know when I talk to a lot of people, you know, we tend to hear those comments like, well, it's not so bad because like you can wear a wig or like, it's not so bad. Like at least you don't have cancer. You know what I mean? Like comments like that, that a lot of us tend mm-hmm. to get. And like, did you hear a lot of that growing up? The, the, at least you can wear a wig type comments. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, later on, like really people didn't know about it for quite a while, but mm-hmm. later on in life, people, oh, that's not that bad. Yeah. You, you can wear a wig. You can have a whole bunch of different kinds of wigs and like, it was just that easy, right? Just mm-hmm. to pop on a wig when it's 35 mm-hmm. degrees out and go on a boat. Like, um, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I did hear that. And I, the guilt, um, yeah, I've always had a bit of guilt because this has stressed me out to such a level sometimes that I think I'm healthy, right? I like the only thing bad about me is this hair loss that makes me feel weird and uncomfortable about myself. But, but yeah, I see if you go through that, right? Mm-hmm. And but it feels to me like kind of like a deformity, like I was mm-hmm. born with that some disfigurement, mm-hmm. and yeah. I know and it's like I guess not everybody's gonna have like a, a Tony Robbins parent who's gonna like you know set you up with that like the mental tools you need to move forward because um they only know to what they've been through and it can be very lonely when even though you have a a, a good support system they're not living it so it can still be lonely because they can't possibly really 100% relate if they're not experiencing it right and I know for I know for me like with the alopecia it happened later on like I was an adult Um, so I can't imagine being a child and I can't also imagine being the parent of a child and then having to make those decisions for them because I mean I know your parents probably did the best they could right and they they were just trying to -hmm. to set you up well but um, what a crazy situation to be in you know um so I, I definitely have a lot of sympathy for for those who not only are going through it but are parenting because that's a lot of really hard decisions you have to make um, absolutely mm-hmm. I I think that too like I don't I'm not upset with my parents for what they did at all mm-hmm. um they like they did their best they mm-hmm. didn't know they didn't know any different mm-hmm. um and you have to go with your child right I was a shy child mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a tough decision. I I am very grateful that my children aren't in this position because I don't even know how I would handle it, having gone through it myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure exactly what the right answer is. 
Now, having been a child who did go through it, do you have any advice for, let's say a parent is listening who has a child who's showing symptoms or they think they might have alopecia. Do you have any advice for like what that parent should do or like what you think or ways that, um, that would help it move smoother, I guess, maybe a little differently feel, than your experience. I feel that they should be in, maybe involved in the decision. It's, it's, their, it's their life. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they should be asked, how do you want to proceed with this? Like, do you want to just come out and tell your class at school that mm -hmm. this is what's going on? So then everybody knows. Mm -hmm. And so that everyone that you go to school with will eventually find out and it won't have to be a secret. Right. And we, we can, if you would like to have some treatment, we'll see if they work. If they're too painful, we'll stop them. If you would like a wig, we can try a wig. But I where I just didn't have a choice. It was like, we're going to hide this. We're going to take care of it. You just mm -hmm. let us, right? Mm -hmm. So I think involve your child in those decision-making tools and let them know, right? If we let your classroom know, we'll do a speech on it. And I just feel like, I feel like that's a really good idea. Yeah, that actually sounds like a really great idea because then too, it gives the child yeah. a little bit of control when they have no control, right? Over the situation. Because uh, yeah. I feel like with a lot of illness, like for me anyway, I've become such a perfectionist in other areas of my life because I lost total control of like my body and the way it functions. But yeah. so now I find that like, I'm yeah. always trying to control everything else. Right. I'm very much like that. And I think it's a side effect of having to like um, find control somewhere, but I think that's, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's great advice because then you're setting them up to make decisions about their own illness or, or, or disability or immune autoimmune disorder, you know, and uh, yeah, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I would never think that because I didn't live it at that age, right? So that's something that's yeah. um, there's um I think about like a wig because they're so expensive. Do mm -hmm. you have guilt buying a wig, paying two thousand dollars, and then your benefits don't cover it? Like those are kind of issues too, right? Well, and see the thing with the benefits, so for covering wigs. Like I tried to research it because I was getting mm -hmm. mixed. I was getting kind of mixed uh, answers on it. Like some were saying like, oh yeah, it's covered. And others were saying, well, no, it's not. So it kind of seems like mm -hmm. the only way they'll cover it is if you have like a definitive like diagnosis of a specific autoimmune disorder. But then even then you have to like submit all this stuff. You have to still buy the wig on your own and then you have to submit all the papers. And then if you're lucky enough, they'll send you the funds towards and then yeah. you got it and then you get the funds back I guess essentially but it was really back and forth because it was like worded weird it, you know so I never really was able to find in my research a definitive answer to like yes we cover yeah. wigs right but from talking to people who actually are living it it sounds like no <laughs> they don't get coverage for wigs and that they it's don't. and that it's considered very cosmetic it is it's um I for my work um they covered $400, a lifetime coverage of $400. And that was if I had cancer. And so I did talk to my, I did talk to them and I said, look, I, like, I, I need a wig. They're, they're not $400, they're no. 2000 yeah. Um, they're $400 if you want like one of those plastic ones that comes out of a bag from the, <laughs> from the, the costume show store. <laughs> yeah. That will last month, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah oh. we're talking big money here like these these wigs are are like 2000 minimum 2000 they, go yeah. they start and that's kind of where I, 
and you have such guilt when you buy one. When I go and I buy a human hair wig, um, I just feel horrible about it because two thousand dollars is a lot of money just to spend on your vanity. Mm -hmm. So then I come home and I love it and I love that it's on and I feel like a girl and I feel like a mom and like who I am, but but I feel horrible spending that much money. Mm -hmm. I know it's um (laughs) it's such a weird thing because you're you're almost set up to feel like you don't really need this thing because you aren't dying so like you shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel like you need this and then you feel guilt because one yeah you're spending a lot of money and yeah it's just really set up to make you feel like you're being vain but in reality you're just trying to get by right be a better be a better version of yourself for your family and 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 for yourself right without without that it's be embarrassed picking up my daughter from school Mm -hmm. right I don't want Mm -hmm. to be like oh god there's my mom with like 70 percent of her hair out Mm -hmm. right you don't want to be known as that like and when with my wig on I look pretty and nice businesses like yeah there's my mom like a normal looking mom at this stage in your life do 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 people know do most people know about it or is or do you still kind of hide it a little bit I still definitely hide it um people I work with know uh, people that are close to me know once I get close to people, but yeah, when I go in public, you wouldn't, you would not know that I have 70% of my hair is gone. Mm-hmm. You would not know that. Like I wear hats or I wear hair clips or I wear a wig. Mm-hmm. So you'd never see it. So when I do tell people, they're always usually quite shocked. <laughs> mm-hmm. I never show them. I just tell them. I'm yeah. just not going to show them. You kind of look like a, a main animal like it's a it's very unattractive look mm-hmm. I don't really see anyone tell them I feel like it's like you well you obviously lose your identity because so much of it is tied into things like your hair you know like like when I lost my hair and my eyebrows and my eyelashes I was like this is insane like you know I felt like an alien mm-hmm. like essentially it's the only best way to just, I can describe it is like totally like an alien and I didn't feel like myself it's a very strange experience to go through um yeah. do you think that you will or can get to a place where you can feel better in it that you can I guess show it or be free of that burden I guess having to always hide um, it yeah I don't think so no. no I don't think so I'm still not comfortable I think the worst time for me is in the it's like in the morning I wake up I brush my teeth you have a shower and then you just like look in the mirror and I see like all my hair half gone half this and I every single morning I see that and, and I think oh god I wish I could cut it back mm-hmm. I just wish I could just have my hair back and put it in on a bun on the top of my head mm-hmm. and right and carry on like the rest yeah but instead here I am gonna put my hair clips in put my hat on be uncomfortable and I'm just gonna do this mm-hmm. because I'm I yeah the way society is I feel like they look at you and they think something's wrong with you or you're less than and I don't want to feel like less than mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I am so mm-hmm. I conform yeah I appreciate your honesty about that too, because there are probably so many other people living the same way, you know, who maybe even are hiding it from everybody still. Cause I went through that phase too. You know, it's like, 
the hiding, I call it my hiding phase where I just like wanted to hide everything. I didn't want to tell anybody, you know, and for me personally, it was a huge burden and I, it just like the hiding itself. So I'm sure like for you, it's hard to, to live like that every day to like hide. And I think this is just another lesson in like, you never know what someone's going through or what they're walking through. And people can be so harsh and judgmental and they just do have no idea of the scope of um, or like the weight of something that someone's carrying through life. Right. And I, I can understand hundred percent cause I, mm-hmm. I did that, you know, and um, even, you know, and I, and I would always think like when people would tell me, Oh, you look great. You still look great. You know? And I'd be like, they're lying. You know, like I would, I would, I'd be like, you're, they're such a liar, you know? And I'd be like, thank you. But, uh, you don't need to lie to me. You know, like, I know that I look insane, <laughs> like, you know, but I know for me, like I had to, in order to move on to survive and keep moving forward, I had to like, let go of that burden because I, I couldn't have carried it anymore. Me personally. Right. Yep. And, um, I think that you're a very strong person to be carrying it still to this day. And I think that you should see that as um, like, that's not a flaw to me. That's like, okay. like a strength that I don't think many people can understand because the burden of that is, is very heavy and mm-hmm. you're still going, you're still here. You're still, you know, doing what you got to do and that's a strength that I like think is just tremendous so that's what I want to say yeah you're welcome and I think sometimes when we go through stuff like this it becomes so normal to everyone around us that they forget about the weight that we're carrying right yeah and so I think that we need to talk we need to release that in some way like do you do do you do therapy at all have you ever considered it or have you done it through this all um, these years yeah not not for this condition at all no. no um no not at all I I exercise a lot I feel like that's how I kind of oh totally get yeah. it out like if I if I'm all stressed out like a, a good run mm-hmm. is everything mm-hmm. um but yeah I don't really talk to anybody about it no one seems to understand even it like I don't even think a therapist would get it like it's it's like um like how I described to friends let's say you go to the hairdresser you're so excited for the outcome she fries your hair it's horrible there's no fixing it the color is awful they can't fix it and you've got to walk around like that for like four or five years Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that's a horrible feeling (laughs) so I kind of relate it to that like imagine your absolute worst hair circumstance Mm-hmm. and that's how I feel every day mm-hmm. but I cover it up and I carry on and it's fine mm-hmm. at least it's, I think it's fine I'm doing okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but I always felt that covering up as a weakness instead of a strength for me I always think I think people that come out with it and they just don't flinch and they're so positive and they just are they, you know they throw it in the face like yeah, I have an autoimmune system problem and I think that's so strong. Mm-hmm. I think hiding it is more of a weakness. I, I can, I can see, yeah, I can see that. But I, but <laughs> I, 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 I can also see it from the other perspective because I know what it feels like 
you yeah. know? So, and I know yeah. what it's like to continue on with your day when you wake up in like thinking that, right. So to me, that's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's a tremendous thing. Anybody who's just still going, <laughs> you know, has tremendous yeah. strength in my <laughs> eyes. We're still here. We're still kicking. We're still doing it. I don't know. I think that everybody's journey is different. Right. And that's mm -hmm. why, like, I really wanted to talk to you because you are in a different place than I think I am not entirely. I'm still, you know, I'm, I've still got the thing, some things, right. I'm not like completely liberated or anything, Yeah. but, um, there are a lot of people still in a place like you and they're just not sure it's, it's really uncomfortable to put yourself out there and talk about this mm -hmm. stuff. So even the fact that you're doing this with me is so awesome <laughs> because I think, <laughs> it's gonna, I think it's going to help a lot of people. Um, because not everybody, not everybody is ready to, to shout at the mountaintops, you know, <laughs> their situation. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's really not easy. It's, it's just not easy at all. Now, with all this said, do you have any advice or anything that you would tell people who maybe are struggling or who are in a similar spot as you, um, just not ready to, to do that yet, but are content with the way things are going. But do you have any advice mm -hmm. just in terms of how you think they can persevere or ways that they can feel better? Um, things that I did, I, I'm not good telling people and they always wanted to see. So when you're ready to tell someone, I just, I kind of did a group email. I thought these are people who are going to, they're going to see, I'm going to be hanging out with these people and they're going to see if my hair looks weird or if my wig shifts, or if something happens, and I want them to have my back and say, Robin, your wig is far, is too far up or too far back, mm -hmm. or whatever, because that's just this insecurity about it. And so I just sent out an email, just telling everyone, I've had this for, for quite a while, it's really taken a hold of me now. I'm totally humiliated by it. I don't know who I am. And I need your assistance. I'm going to be wearing a wig sometimes or these hair clips and hats. And if you see something that looks odd, please come up to me and just say, Robin, this, what, can I fix this? Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll really, really appreciate it. So I just sent out an email like that. And um, I was shocked. Everyone responded like something like just such nice responses, like such supportive responses, which I didn't expect. And I wasn't reaching out for sympathy or anything. I was just saying, this is what I have going on. I'm going to need your help possibly. And if I do, please be there. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was really nice. And that kind of opened some dialogue for me and mm -hmm. others. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's it true. Good. You know what I say? Um, I don't think I invented this saying, but it just came out one day when I was talking to someone, but I just said like small steps, like still scale mountains. So yeah. you don't have to be running at full speed up a mountain to still get to the top. Right. And whether it takes you five years, 20 years, your whole life to get to a point where you are happy, like truly happy, which will we ever be truly happy? I don't know hundred yeah, <laughs> percent, but yeah. you know, even those, <laughs> even those small steps and even just doing that, reaching out, like you said, that group chat, or even it's just one, if, it, if it's just one really close person to you, um, mm -hmm. I think that's great advice. It just gives you a little bit of relief, um, releases a tiny bit of that burden and kind of lets people more into your world. So you don't feel as alone and 
and isolated in it, I guess. And do you, do you find being on the CANF mm-hmm. group helps a little bit, the, the Facebook group? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've learned so much um, about wigs and about hair clips and about just so many different things and then treatments and trying, you know, I've learned so much from that group and mm-hmm. I have a lot of sympathy and I think I've helped some people in the group as well. And that kind of makes you feel good because you can say this is what my experience is mm-hmm. or has been and this is what I've learned. Mm-hmm. So I'm the same. Yeah. I found that it was, it was, it's been a really great thing just to, I wish I'd found it when I, when I was at the really bad stage. Cause I only found it like more recently. Um, it would have really helped me then because I didn't see really anybody with that was bald, any women, bald women ever the whole time I was experienced <laughs> my, my worst, but, um, yeah, definitely. I think if anybody's going through something to f- reach, find a group, you know, um, Mm-hmm. To, to join because even if you don't participate in any of the like the chat you know just reading what people post can be so therapeutic because you know you're, you're just reading things similar experiences and like you said tips about wigs and everything which is great because I know when I first walked out with my mm-hmm. first wig it was probably horrible because I didn't pluck the the you know the the parts and it was so full and thick and it was so shiny because I didn't know to like you know the things that you should do to dull it a little bit so it doesn't look like a wig I I look back and I'm like oh god like I could have used all that advice but it is what it is Mm -hmm. I guess and but I just want to say thank you we're kind of hitting the time here that I usually like to keep it keep it in but um thank you so much for talking to me I appreciate you being open and honest and which which isn't easy and um, I think that this is going to help, even if it just helps one person. I think that we accomplish something really great by this conversation. So I appreciate your vulnerability and your openness to talk about it, and your just your honesty, even you know that um, about where you where you're at with everything. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's yeah. my pleasure.